Sorry, sorry, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. Fawcett, we were talking about uh, TV shows. Any TV shows you're getting roped into that you just wouldn't have watched otherwise unless you were in a relationship? Ooh, that is a big relationship question, actually. Like, yeah. like uh, 90 Day Fiance and uh, Blow <laughs> Deck Mediterranean. Are you, you're, watching, you're watching Blow Deck Mediterranean? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah, she's <laughs> watching that one. Uh, what is it? Real Housewives of Potomac or whatever this crap is? I don't All the reality know what that there. city was. Like, yeah, this pink I was, like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, So it's all about reality yeah. TV shows. Basically, or like some murder dateline stuff, or the Golden Girls. That's I I mean, that's a pretty big like when Swing. you get into a relationship and, and there's TV shows that now you share together. That's a that's a thing. That it, yeah, yeah. It's some sort because of, it, it it gives you like somebody to go through the experience with. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, so, Abby? Um, I so I've been working the opposite way. I've been trying to get Rebecca to. Yeah, Abby's like, I want to spend as little time as possible <laughs> yeah. watching the show with you. <laughs> oh, dude, man, no, no, no. It's so it was a lot of HGTV, man. Like watching oh. people flip houses, and you're just like, no. Oh. So I started The Wire. That was my thing. Oh yes, there and and uh, I don't know. I I think I think it's a bit too real for her, but uh-huh. she's enjoying it. But <laughs> um, Rebecca's a huge Obama fan, so my way that I convinced her was I was saying, you know, it's Obama's favorite show. So there's a lot of the political aspects there that, you know, those shows wouldn't. So yeah, we were talking about depressing shows. That's one show like after every episode, I just, I'm like, Oh my God, I need to like have a beer and just sit by myself. (laughs) Jeez. I've I've heard a lot of people say the wire is one of the greatest television shows ever made. You've seen it, right? Swan? No, I haven't. Mainly because of exactly what you just said. I, I feel like it's going to be, it's like a commitment, right? You have to, you go into it knowing that this is going to be a lot of time spent like deep in my own thoughts. And like, yeah, at some point, sometimes when you're thinking about undertaking a show like that, you say, yeah, I'll just toss friends on again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's one too, man. I'm a Seinfeld guy through and through friends is one. And I have to say, man, the quality of comedy from is just, I, I don't get it, man. I don't get how huge friends got. Like, you don't, I like friends. I actually think you like it. Quite, quite good. I think it's good. Now, you know that I'm a Seinfeld person too, Abby. So I'm, Absolutely. Not, saying, I'm not saying it's better than Seinfeld, but I am saying I, I do, I do think friends is one of the better. And call me Joey. Who is that? Is that Joey? He's good in the show. Yeah. I'm going to get a lot of hate from, a ton of people for saying that like yeah what, but i mean that you don't rate friends and that i don't yeah i'm not that that high on it but because because i watch like how i met your mother i watch friends i watch and it's a lot of it's like i've noticed that that genre of sitcom actually seinfeld's in on it too it's just like a bunch of white folks <laughs> just hanging out in their apartment or a bar I mean, there were, or a there coffee were, there shop were sitcoms that that words you know primarily centered around black families and black friends and stuff like that but they never got popular 
except for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That was probably that one. Yeah, that was like, I, I mean, yeah, obviously there's, there's a few that did get popular, but I mean, on the yeah. whole, yeah, there's, there's quite a few that just, that were popular within a certain subset instead of widely embraced, you know, Man, for, for whatever reason. You're, you're, you're right about that. But I, I remember watching this show in university with my other friend and it was like the meth and red show, like meth man and red man. <laughs> And it's them living in this rich ass white community and like their neighbors and stuff. And like, it only lasted for two seasons and they got cut, but like, <laughs> it was different. It was definitely different though. But that's those two, right? Like there's all these crazy shows from before exhibit that pimp my ride thing was pretty popular. Oh man. I, I find that sitcoms like that, Abby, just don't exist at all anymore. Like I don't, I don't think that there's many sitcoms like that around in the in the tv sphere for probably 10 years yeah and here's why i think it's because they're just not binge worthy right yeah. like i think about seinfeld and friends and and all these great shows cheers is probably another one right and you just can't binge them um unless so it's I, like you know, unless yeah. it's below deck mediterranean man you could binge watch like a reality <laughs> show. that's what people are binge watching now there's just yeah. put on a reality tv show and watch like 10 episodes in one go well have you watched that one below deck Mikey? yes i have watched it <laughs> what's, what's what's this about what's going on with this one below deck. i've heard i've heard about it but i have not nobody i do not want to watch it but below deck is a um reality tv show set on like a mega yacht um so the there's a regular season that was in i knew about it because they were talking about it in bahamas and um i think they're down in like british virgin islands and a couple other caribbean places like that and now there's a below deck mediterranean version where they're uh off the coast of spain i think it's uh mallorca and ibiza and stuff like that and it's a six-week production period where they have uh a captain a bosun which is not a first mate but below a first mate um some deckhands a chef and then stewards and so it then it just goes through the whole drama that happens between personal relationships of the chef might be trying to hook up with the the first the chief and the chief stew has a problem with the second stew. Oh my and God. then like the deckhand and another deckhand are going at each other because there's like some conflict. They can't get along with each other. And then the captain is the one who has to, you know, keep the peace. And then somebody finds somebody else has drugs on board. So they take a picture and send it to the captain. Now they got to like lay them off Rabbing because they can't them. have drugs on board. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of like, it's a whole it's like bunch Jersey. of drama it's like Jersey on, Shore on a ship. On, on a ship. Oh my and God. it only makes it better because they're so cramped in with each other that yeah. there's nowhere to <laughs> their living quarters is literally horrible. They're in bunk like, beds, right? Yeah, in a little ship thing. Like, I mean, that's what living. I mean, if you ever speak to crew on a cruise ship as well, that's yeah. basically what their lives are. So, um, I've had some friends that have worked on mega yachts in the Bahamas, and this is what I was curious about: was if they've heard the show or knew anybody working on the show. And so they've heard of the show and never watched it. But the what they think is happening is um, it's kind of like on a shoulder season, like not peak season, not quite like off season kind of thing, where it's a production company that says, okay, we'll rent the boat for six, six weeks. We'll pit the crew up. Your crew can go on vacation and we're just going to film everything that happens. And so it's not 
like a full crew that's been working together for a while. It's right. just, it's, it's a band-aid crew that's bringing on people for TV. But then, exactly. But then like every week though, throughout the six weeks, it's called a charter, which means mm-hmm. they're renting out that bot, uh, yacht to like clients. Like one of them yep. was a former baseball player, Johnny Damon from the Yankees, Red Sox, won a championship with the Red Sox. He was peeing off the side of the boat and everything. And the camera crew got it and was on the show because he was wasted like they basically rent it out for a week and then they use all the toys and everything else on it yeah i'm so curious how like do they they must get like a huge discount to go on tv like i don't know it's so weird i mean i it's it's reality tv show at its best like i can't turn it off i think it was like a porn crew went on there one time or like some (laughs) porn like freaking weather people and like they were shooting stuff like Naked Wait, girls on the thing. Porn weather people. What? Yeah, they made a lot of money and they rented that thing and they're doing like shots and everything on one episode. Wait, wait what is porn weather people? I I'm uh, so confused. Oh, Evan, give it the times, bro. You don't know, you know what porn weather people are. Come on, Evan. Wait, I that's don't think... just a new channel or something. New news. Do they show? Oh, they show the episode. weather. Yeah. They show the weather. With, okay. Oh my God! Wow. Oh, that new news. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, see, we have all kinds of people on it, so it makes now, that a little more interesting. See, that'll be on online no matter what, man. No matter if there's Netflix or yeah, that's binge worthy. That stuff, I'll say that. That's it's true. <laughs> yeah. So you were saying that you're watching that Yellowstone. Is that your idea or? Oh no! I just you get into heard. That? No, I heard that was a really good show, and the person's like, "Yeah, I want to get branded too," and like, uh, it's. Branded is when you're like on a horse ranch or whatever, then you, uh, you, I guess you press that hot metal onto them. So you mark them and you brand them forever. And yeah, but I've never really known a human to, to willingly get branded. I mean, yeah, exactly. You have to be pretty loyal or crazy just, or everything there. <laughs> you don't know the right people, man. That's the thing. Uh, maybe I, maybe I do know the right people. I think that's, <laughs> maybe I know, I know the right people and everyone else is the wrong people. <laughs> I have seen NFL players do that on their arms. Yeah, like, I saw that too. Crazy. Yeah, that's true. Big, uh, yeah, that's true. I have seen that. It's a big fraternity thing too. Obviously. Yeah, I've heard that as well. I heard that. Yeah, I've heard crazy. so much. But the show is good with Kevin Costner on there and uh, the music and everything else done by a really good guy from Sensei Anarchy. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. Honestly, I've been watching so much TV lately. I got to get – but like, like I was mentioning earlier – before the podcast i just don't have enough it just seems like there's so much great content now or maybe there's more time to find these great shows like the boys like you know yellowstone and all these other things right like but i just don't have time and i'm trying to like figure out how to like i I can only have enough time i only have like two hours in the evening that i can watch something if i do it's weird there's there's so much tv around now that, that it's almost impossible to decide what to watch ever because there's so much, there's so much, so many different ways to get TV and there's so much good TV. Like there's so many yeah. quality shows. I, I look at, you know, I, I do watch a lot of Seinfeld. Um, I look at how Seinfeld, this was, one of the, this was the biggest show at the time. Seinfeld oh, yeah. was the biggest show of its, of its day. And you look at like some of the sets that they're in and some of the, some of the set design and costume design stuff, bare bones. I mean... <laughs> barely even had the budget to to you know build an airport terminal when they were going to the airport that sort of thing and you look at the budget that tv shows have now it's insane how much money is in tv 
compared to how much money was in it back in the day. And so we're spoiled for choice. And there's so much choice that oftentimes I just get, you just get overwhelmed by it. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, you just say, and I'll just watch Friends again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But honestly, it used to be to the point where you knew that you and your like social network of friends and family would be watching the same thing. And so you'd come into the office on Monday and be like, oh, did you catch that, that game or that show? And you'd sort of have that like community response to it. I don't have that anymore. Like, I, like yeah. I remember we were in high school. Lost was a big one. We were talking about The Wire. We're talking about Game of Thrones was a big one, right? I was going to say, we're gonna I think the last one, the last one I think was Game of Thrones because it came out week by week, right? So mm-hmm. you were still watching it on a Sunday night and then people were talking about it the next day. And I'm wondering if, yeah, what you're saying, like Netflix or other services that drop a whole season, like 10 episodes at one go where people are binge worthy. There isn't that, like, you'll watch all 10 of them and you can talk about it for a week, but then you'll lose interest and find something else. There's no, like, prolonged... Yeah, but not only that is it allows anyone to watch it whenever they want to. So, like, if I if I can't watch... Yeah. If I can't watch The Boys this week, well, I'll watch it in six months' time. You know what I mean? It's still going to be there. I can watch yeah. it whenever I want to. So there's no urgency to watch it now, whereas TV back in the 90s, you had to watch it live. You had to sit down in front of the TV and watch it live. You weren't going to see that episode any other time. So everyone was watching things at the same time, whereas now everyone's watching stuff on their own time whenever they want to. Nobody's making like a schedule to say, I'm sitting down and watching the show tonight at nine o'clock. If you miss the show at nine o'clock, you can watch it next week. You can watch it a month from now. You can watch it a year from now. I was going to say like for Abby, who says he's got too much stuff to watch and not enough time. I'm wondering if that's going to like reverse soon. I don't know how quickly. How many new shows are being recorded now in the COVID times? True. You know? Last, true. Like, is there any going to be new content for the next year? Yeah, actually, I've heard about that, right? In, in movies and things like that, right? Entertainment. There's going to be a drought period. I mean, there has to be. There's about a year and a half that no one can really work. I feel like for movies, there might not be. TV shows, yes. Movies, there won't be. Because well, like, there were so, many, there were so many movies that got pushed back. Uh, there were so many movies between the months of March and July that were supposed to be released in theaters that just weren't. So they're going to get yeah. released now, you know, December, January, February. So I think we're okay for movies. But you're right. TV shows, there could be a delay to what we get new-wise new next year. Yeah. Because anything, anything that's supposed to be launching you know, next January should have been getting filmed all now right. um, or over the last four or five months, and they haven't been. So It's just post-production kind of – might yeah. be just in post-production. But also, too, I mean, Avi, I don't think you're going into the office every day. If you have that opportunity to go you know, do the water cooler chat and say, you know, did you go watch this episode of so-and-so? Because there was one show I was watching, Ted Lasso, which is a great show. I don't know if anybody else is severely <laughs> underrated show. Severely it's underrated a, show. It's such a good show, and it's it was nothing coming... spectacular, but it's just no. good fun. It's a it's good, good wholesome. Fun. Yeah. yeah, it's a great Jason Sudeikis. It's nothing like super intellectual. It's just such a yeah. good, good feel good on. It's a not. It's not like crazy funny. It's got its funny moments. It's not crazy ridiculous. It's got ridiculous moments. It's just fun. It's just you just watch yeah. it and you smile for half an hour and then you turn it off and you're good to go. I, I'm putting on the list. I'm reading about it. Small-time football coach Ted Lasso was hired to coach a professional soccer team in England, despite having no experience so- like coaching soccer. Did you? That did you ever? Hilarious. Did you ever? When the M- when NBC Sports first yeah. got the contract yeah, to show the Premier League in the states, yeah. they did a bunch of promo ads 
using this character, Ted Lasso. So it's actually a character created by NBC Sports. And they did, you know, nice. they did like a two-minute ad of Ted Lasso, who was a college football coach that got hired to coach Tottenham in the Premier League. Never coached football before. So it's it's like a whole fish out of water. It's Jason Sudeikis just being this, you know, prototypical American football coach going over to England and just being confused by everything about football in England and, and football versus soccer check and the offsides rule and this and the other. And anyway, so Apple TV Plus just decided we're going to make a whole series about this guy. Why not? This is awesome. That's awesome. So that was coming out week by week. That was coming out every Friday. Uh, And there, there was, I did get that like um, sense of, Oh, it's coming on, you know, it's coming on a Friday and Hey, this is what we're going to watch on Friday night because we're not going out to a bar or anything right now. So, and it was kind of like me and my housemate would go sit down and watch Ted Lasso. And it was kind of, it was a different feeling that we haven't had for a while because we can just say, ah, let's watch South Park or binge watch this or whatever. Right. So yeah. it was kind of a cool feeling to get back to that. Well, the boys did try and do that with season two. They released it week by week mm-hmm. instead of all at once. Mm-hmm. And they had some backlash from it after the first <laughs> release. They released the first three episodes of season two, I think all at once. And then, they had made this known for months in advance that they would then release them week by week because every episode of season two kind of ended on a slight cliffhanger or like with something crazy happening. And they wanted that weekly sort of water cooler chat to happen. So they said, look, we're just going to release this week by week. But after they released the first three episodes, people on- online apparently just started like, <laughs> apparently they started, they went to like Rotten Tomatoes or on, or on Prime Video itself. They were giving it terrible reviews, even though they loved the show. They were giving it terrible reviews because they were mad that it was getting released week oh by week. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> but you're you're right, man. We're we're losing something. Like watching a show, it used to be such a communal activity. Even if you're watching it on your own, you were still going to have that discussion by it. And now we're we're losing that, right? Or we've lost it for a long time. And uh, like I, I just think about you know the Last Dance, Jordan's documentary, Tiger King, all that. I like. It was almost like you couldn't talk about it with people because if you did, somebody in that group hadn't seen it yet and you destroyed it for them or you hadn't seen it and you didn't, you didn't want to hear it. So it's just everything's becoming more compartmentalized. And like you said, Swan, people are needing to have their fix now, all of it at once. And it's just like, all right, man, it's not the end of the world if it's like a weekly thing. Like you can yeah, still, no, I, yeah. So. I agree with Mikey. I, I've found for season two of The Boys once, I was a little annoyed just because once the first three episodes dropped, I was like, man, I want to watch episode four now because I'm into it again. Yeah. But as the season went on, I did, it was getting released on Friday. It was getting released on Fridays. I remember thinking to myself every Friday, it's like, oh yeah, sweet. Another episode's coming out now. And then like Friday evening, I would make a point to myself like, oh sweet. I can sit down and watch the boys mm-hmm. tonight. And it was kind of nice to have that to look forward to and sort of be like, oh, the boys are coming on Friday. It's coming next episode. <laughs> it is. It's nice. It is. It's a nice feeling to to have something to look forward to and then to make a plan to sit down and watch it. It's you don't get that anymore. That used to be that used to be all TV was. People used to sit yeah. there and read the TV guide like that was the thing <laughs> to find out what was coming on when. Do you remember that channel, the TV guide channel? I don't know if you ever used it. Bermuda. Still have it in Bermuda. Oh, man. I, I remember that was the only way that you could figure out on Saturday morning what cartoons were going to be where. You'd just be and sitting it, there. And, if, and it would yeah. scroll. You, you had no control yeah. over it scrolling. <laughs> if you, missed, if you it, missed it, you're like, ah, shit, I got to wait till it comes back around. <laughs> yeah, man. It's all these like anecdotal stories that, I don't know, I think about like the next generation. I think about kids in middle school right now. They have no idea any of this existed, man. 
I, oh, I, I saw a meme today. Yeah. I saw a meme today, and it was talking about how kids today, like if I do this to you and I say, oh, you know, take a phone call, and I do this to you, kids today, they don't know what this is because to them a phone is this. So, oh, when, man, when, so when, you, when you tell a kid to mime a phone, they do this, whereas we do this. And I was like, oh, that's crazy that they don't even know what this, they don't know that this is a phone. That's not a phone to them. Dude, it's nuts, man. I, there, was, there was one time, I have a similar anecdotal story. I was helping tutor a guy um, in high school, I think it was like last year. And he thought, you know, the save icon was just a universal symbol for saving. Didn't really Couldn't do the floppy disk. I was like, dude, that's not, he's like, He's like, no, that's, that's all it's used for. I was like, it's a floppy disk. It's like, a what? I was like, a, a, oh, God, jeez. And I had to, like, explain to him. I had to Google image search for him. And he couldn't, he didn't believe me until, like, I think I had somebody in the office or something show him what, he was just blown away. And then he was even more blown away that would use something to hold, like, it held, like, two megabytes. And he was just like, why would you ever yeah. <laughs> use this? There was, uh... I, remember, <laughs> I remember storing shit on floppy disks. Like, I remember it vividly. Yeah. I remember, yeah, uh, I was going to ask you, too, like, uh, you know, the TV guide and everything, if you recorded stuff on VHS so you could watch it later. Did you ever, oh, like, yeah. set up your VHS to record at, like, a specific time or saying, oh, yeah. I want to watch this, so I'm going to record this now? That was, like, the ghetto pirate DVR of our age, <laughs> That was don't, like, you dare, don't you dare change that channel yeah don't you dare yeah. change that channel <laughs> oh man and I, I remember just hearing friends getting so much because they would like tape over their parents wedding videos because <laughs> they just wanted to watch the game or something <laughs> like yeah the funniest thing um and I, I, I mixtapes too man mixtapes were huge yeah. back back in the day sir go ahead <laughs> no i was gonna say i remember i had a friend of mine that their mom would tape coronation street every weekend and then that was like they would tape it so they could watch it later and i, and I was like oh man those are the days eh? those is are that days. show still on at all or is it over yes man no it still is on How? i don't think that show will ever die dude the the uk those brits man they love their shows they never kill them doctor who it's coronation like, street yeah, but it's like a um, soap opera. It's the same as Days of Our Lives or All My Children. Those are still going strong. I guess. I guess The Simpsons, too. Eh? That's another one that's just always going. around. Going, man. <laughs> going. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess there is some hope for, for us having some nostalgic things, right? With I think of The Simpsons right now. I haven't seen The Simpsons in so long, but that's always like a stalwart um, show. That just reminds me of my childhood. Um, but yeah, it'll be sad, man. Yeah, yeah. It'll be sad once it's gone, though. I, I think I'm actually going to be like, oh, God. Because, yeah, there isn't very much left from our, our childhood, guys. <laughs> sad to say. Because <laughs> we're old. We are old. You say that. So I was, uh, I mean, not to change the subject, but I was speaking of our childhood. Did you ever guy play um, Pokemon trading cards? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Pokemon trading cards are like a huge auctioning thing right now. People oh, who good. people who wanted certain cards when they were younger now actually have some money that they can spend <laughs> on auctioning, like bidding for auctions. So I think everybody knows Logan Paul, uh, one of the yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTubers. 
don't get me wrong. I loved Pokemon when I was younger. I watched the shows. I watched the movies. I had the trading cards. I had the Game Boy and everything. He bought a pack of first edition uh, trading cards, like the full box that you would have like in a display at a store for $200,000. And the the idea was that uh, people who were subscribed or whatever, they could buy a pack for like 2,500 bucks or something like that. They could buy a pack out of this and he would open them up all live on camera. He pulled out a holographic Charizard first edition that is honestly worth like two hundred and twenty thousand. Can I can I just say I haven't heard those words spoken by <laughs> and it was so it was so weird as you were saying it, as you were saying a holographic Charizard, the kid inside of me was just like, Oh my god, a holographic Charizard. Like I immediately remembered what that meant. Like I immediately was re- remembered that, that you were the man. Yeah. You were the man. If you as had soon as you started saying, as soon as you started saying the word holographic, my in my insides were just like, oh my god, what's he gonna say next? <laughs> and I had like I had forgotten about some of the. I mean, I remember about a Charizard, but then I forgot about like Chansey was holographic and Blastoise and um, Venusaur and everything. And I was just like. I was totally thrown back into childhood just watching him open these packs of first edition Pokemon cards. It was nuts. <laughs> but yeah, they're like, people are buying them for thousands of dollars on the internet now because they want these cards like they could never get as a kid. You see, Swan, did you ever have basketball cards? Yeah, I had trading cards. Uh, basketball? I'd, uh, I had a bunch. Actually, I found a trading Man, card. I- this is so weird you bring this up. I don't know where this card came from. I found it like a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I, it definitely has to have been one of mine, I guess, from ages ago. I don't know where I found it. It just popped up in my apartment. And I've had it sitting on my desk here since I found it, trying to just jog my memory of where the f*** did this card come from. So I haven't found any other trading cards. And it's not like it's a big guy. This is Alec Kessler from the Miami Heat. He was a forward center. Wow. Wow. Look at that jersey. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know where this card came from, but I just found it like a couple weeks ago. And I've just let it sitting there just so I can try and figure out where the hell it came from and why it all of a sudden popped up in my apartment. That would be a pretty decent prank. Well, I didn't even have that guy. How did you get that card? Never even heard of Alec Kessler. Is your favorite no, player? No, never even heard of Alec Kessler. And he's a Heat player, so I definitely uh, wouldn't have appreciated it. <laughs> Ooh, speaking of the Heat. Oh, God. Oh, Do yeah, we want to I did this to myself. I did this to myself. just segued himself. At the time of this recording, the Los Angeles Lakers are now the world champions in the COVID era. And the question has to begin now. Asterisk. Asterisk. <laughs> All over again, is LeBron the greatest basketball player of all time? No. <laughs> Plain and simple. No, not yet. Nope. Not yet. And so, so we were talking about this before. Uh, Dan, you were saying that in order to be even considered in that realm, he has to do a three-peat, right? Which has only ever been done, what, once or twice before? Once, I think, only? Uh, They're only done, the I think, by the Bulls. Once, but I don't know, and the Bulls, but I don't know. Probably not. See, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I agree with that assessment, because winning a championship, there's so many different things. Like one person can't yeah. dictate whether or not you win a three peat. Whether you get a three peat, I mean, there's, yeah. it's so many different variables that play into that. Teammates, other teams, coaches, coaching, management, yep. whatever. 
so many things that play into that. So I can't fault somebody if they don't win a three-peat. But for me, to be the best player of all time, you got to be making more than 70% of your free throws. Like there's, <laughs> there's no excuse. There's no, to be the best player of all time, to me, what that, that encompasses a lot of things, mentality um, and talent more than anything. You, yeah. can't be that, you cannot be that talented if you can't make 80% of your free throws. Oh, man, Shaq has something to say to you, man. <laughs> oh. Do we, are we saying that Shaq's the greatest player of all time? Nope. If Shaq, if Shaq made 85% of his free throws, would we say he's the greatest player of all time? Probably. Okay. Probably, probably not the greatest of all he probably time. Probably would. Ten thousand more points. If, if Shaq, if Shaq made eighty five percent of his free throws, he would be the greatest NBA player of all time. But there were okay. So those MVP caliber seasons that he had, he was by far the strongest player in in the league at those points, right? Yeah. In in those years. Now imagine so, if he made an extra ten points again because he made eighty five percent of his free throws. That's fair. That's fair. But. What if he? What if he was continuing that caliber every year, and still not making free throws? I I think he could have. Like he's still in the top what twenty players of all time, right? He yeah. If he made free throws for sure, he would have. I I don't know. I I think you can get in, in the modern game. I think you can. Actually, I don't know. That's it's a really good point, Swan. You can't. It's really you good can't point. be because at the end of the game. You have to shy away from LeBron. You can't have the ball yep. in his hands because if he gets fouled, he's not going to make the free throws. Yeah. He shies away from the ball himself yes. because he doesn't want to go to the line to have to shoot free throws. Yeah. You can't be the best player of all time if that's what you're doing at the end of a game. You can't be. That's just, that's that's just the fact. Michael Jordan, if anybody else asked for the ball in the final seconds of the game, they would oh, yeah. be getting a swift and firm <laughs> no. It wouldn't even have had to be said. He yeah. is taking the ball, and he will be taking the shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's just he cannot be. And I'm not saying LeBron is not a great player. I'm saying that he's maybe he's top ten, maybe top five all time. That's not yeah. a bad thing. I'm just no, saying no. he can't be the greatest of all time. He can't be. I, I do have to say there was a certain. We're talking about how things have changed throughout the years in the NBA, especially. There's been a, the, the game has completely changed, right? There's a three points you know, how that's completely transformed the game. Also, the grit needed. I was watching, again, The Last Dance just recently, and I forgot about that series that they had against Detroit, man, where they were getting slammed to the ground, Pippen and all those boys. And today, Harden, if he doesn't get his, like, triple step back and gets called on it, he, like, whines so much. It's just so – it's so tough to see sometimes. You're like, oh, man (laughs) – well, he never goes to the finals or anywhere close. <laughs> no, I, 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 I agree. There's different. It's difficult to compare ages in sports, not just the NBA and any sport, just because the yeah, games yeah. are different year by year, decade by decade. The games change so much, so it's it's difficult to compare them. It's not like it's not like something like say swimming. Most sports aren't like something. Just swimming doesn't change. No, you're doing the front yeah. stroke, you're doing the back stroke, you're doing the rest stroke. <laughs> those those aren't changing. So yeah. you can compare people like swimmers. You can compare them over time. But, you know, most other sports, the style of play changes and everything else. It's difficult to, to compare generation to generation. Absolutely. Very difficult. Absolutely. Going back to the Pokemon stuff, man, I'm trying to think of other things that uh, 
we got talking about cards and whatnot. I'm trying to think of other sort of fads that, that I had. I don't know. Back at our middle school, we had pogs. I don't know if you guys oh, ever got to that. About that. Was, yeah. Do you know what that, those pogs. are? I remember pogs. Yeah. Pogs. Um, and then, uh, but it was. I it was, remember. I yeah. remember wanting to get like a snapper keeper just for school because everyone had one or like one of these nice things for school. What, was like it a binder? Yeah. Yo, binders, a binders were a thing, making sure you had the best <laughs> binder each year. Oh, dude. It was yeah. funny. Yeah. And then, and then after us, there was like a whole like people, kids were getting into like these spinning top like competitions or something. I don't know if you heard about this. This is when we were in high school, Swan. They were uh, like the junior school and kids all across Canada they were like had these like top fighting things it honestly looked it looked kind of cool like, but I, like yeah it was a thing. <laughs> I was like I didn't get invited to play the spinning top <laughs> yeah but like they had like they had like things on them where you could like mess up each other it was nuts man I'm just yeah kind of cool how how like the marketing world can can really I don't know almost create like a child currency in terms of like you go into a school and I remember like yeah somebody had that perfect binder or something had had a perfect pog or or a holographic charizard man and people would be going <laughs> nuts right so <laughs> i can only imagine her parents i was talking to my uncle today i was talking to my uncle today and he we were talking about nightclubs of the past in bermuda and he was talking about i remember i remember three or four years ago the bar that i was working at did a a pop-up night for this for an old nightclub that closed down many many years ago but it was super popular back in the day it was a club called, it was a club called club 40 and they did this pop-up. It was popular in like the disco times, like 70s and 80s. Nice. Everyone in my generation has heard our parents talk about Club 40 since we were born. <laughs> Club 40 was like the place. Um, so they did a pop-up night where they bought back the old logo and they had this whole big thing. And, you know, they played disco music all night, blah, blah, blah. And the amount of people my parents' age that showed up to this thing, like the whole island showed up. Like this was huge to their generation, Club 40. And I remember thinking to myself, what, what would my generation's version of that be? And I feel like we don't have one. Do you think that there's, there's things from our childhood, not necessarily nightclubs, obviously, because I, I really don't think we were going to many nightclubs when we were 10, but other things from our childhood, like Pokemon cards, things like that, that we will look back on with as much fondness as our parents' generation look back on things like the disco era and things like that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I, I think we're the last generation or one of the last generations to ever have gone through school without smartphones. Right. And I look on that with such fondness. Yeah. I cannot. Oh man. So that's semi true and semi not because I think it was like, uh, I'd say from anywhere from sixth to the eighth or ninth grade. And then uh, this is when the very first kind of phones were coming out. And there was one, like, it was a Nokia. And it had, like, a mini antenna head. But it had the game Snake, where like, you control it to eat that thing. And my dad got this phone. And it was, like, a cell phone. And he put it in his office desk and hit it, right? He never even told us he got a phone. So I was snooping through one day and found out. I'm like, he never even said anything about this phone. <laughs> Played the game right away and everything else. But besides that, I wasn't like, I, I know what you're saying. We didn't really own one, right? Smartphones weren't a thing until we were finishing university. Yeah, like smart smartphones weren't a thing until really 2000, 2008, nine around there. First iPhone was 2007. So they started getting big in basically yeah. 2008. 
So that was after we finished high school. Can you imagine going through high school with smartphones? Oh God, no. God, no. That's it brings back it makes me like shiver thinking about how brutal. We have our our fifteen year reunion coming up and I'm like I remember going to those a couple years ago. Um, I think it was our five year reunion or something for high school and just talking to the older crew that would come back and they were talking to us as if we were like the ones who had, they're like, you have laptops, you had yeah. Wi-Fi, you had like, we, they had to like write letters and shit home and all that. And I remember <laughs> like, damn, man, that's, yeah. that's rough. Um, but now like, yeah, I'm definitely going to be like talking to some of the younger generation. Like, yo, what? Like you had, you just picked up your phone in the hallway. Like what the heck? Then you could just call anybody anywhere. <laughs> I remember when you were talking about floppy disk and I said, I remember using a floppy disk. I remember in grade nine, I wanted to print something. I used to have to, save it to a floppy disk and then I would walk to the library and I would put it into the library computer and I would print it from the library. Like I, I distinctly remember doing that <laughs> clear as day. I remember putting I remember something on a floppy with disk, the metal walking to the library and printing it off. Like I, I mean, and at, at the time that was still considered fairly decent technology. Like that was, that yeah. was the, that was the easiest way to do it. And then there was those Macs that with the screen in the back were kind of like see-through or different colors, blue, orange. Oh, those were a big deal. Those were a big deal when they those came out. Those were a big deal, right? Oh, dude, TI-83s, man. There's oh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like my mind being blown seeing a line show up on my screen. like, And I, I programmed it. Oh, and then you ended up having like, like you could have Mario Mario yeah, on your TI-83. Yeah, friends too, plugging yeah. them together. I thought we were the I thought like this it doesn't get better than this at all. Like, how can it get better? You have Mario on your little black and white TI eighty three. Like, this is perfect. And I um I'm so glad that by the time we were in grade twelve, I learned how to program a TI eighty three. And I actually, I think it was for science for one of my science final exams. I created a program in my TI eighty three that had all of the formulas that you needed <laughs> to solve scientific <laughs> equations. And it was it was so interesting because TI eighty three is to run the program. You literally had to like type in something and like run a program. Yeah. So a teacher could inspect my TIE three and they would have no idea that I had this program in there that just had all the scientific formulas in it. I was, that was, that was the highlight of my high school career. <laughs> I think that was. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I still think these, I, I think they still use TIE threes. I, I heard, I was reading an article, I think where the Texas instruments has like a monopoly on, like a bunch of school districts in the U S so they still make kids buy them. Um, and they're still just super expensive for no reason now. Cause, but yeah, yeah. for real. Yeah. What's no need for them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, what a blast from the past, man. Absolutely crazy. But yeah, that's one thing I would say is um, something I'm fond of. You would be nostalgic of the times of not having a smartphone. What about you, Mikey? What would you, what do you think from your childhood? You'll, if they bought it back for a one, one night special event that you would rush, you'd be like, I'm going to that. I want to, I want to do that again. Or I want to see that again. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. (laughs) You made me think of the, one of the bars that we grew up with in Nassau too. It, it, uh, it went through a whole like revamp recently uh, or renovation and it's just not the same. It's not the same. So yeah. if club if Club Waterloo could come back, I could deal with that. You you you'd, you'd head back for a pop up shop. Uh, oh, I would totally go back to Club Waterloo and no, no <laughs> hesitation. Man, we would be at Club Waterloo till four o'clock in the morning. 
<clears throat> what is what is Club Waterloo? Oh, it's just a, it's a it was a nightclub. I mean, it's been renovated now. It's a lot more chic and modern. But when we were younger, it was the last port of call. We would normally like go to I don't know somewhere on Paradise Island on a weekend. We'd go to Paradise Island, Green Parrot would be the first stop. Somewhere in the middle would be somewhere we would want to go. And always Waterloo was the last place to close because it was on the way back home out east. And we would be honestly like been there until the sun came up five o'clock in the morning. We were there until they kicked us out, basically. And uh, the challenge was there was a big pool, swimming pool right in the middle. And yeah, I've seen quite a few people fall into that thing. But thankfully, it never was me. Seems like a safety hazard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the Bahamas. I mean, which we don't have much safety there. That's awesome. What about you, Fawcett? What do you got from your childhood that if they bought it back for a one night special event, you would say that's that's can't miss for me? Well, like that is a little bit tough. I mean, I guess if you think about it, it would be like. Uh, a beach is back then or something that would probably be not as polluted or something bad nowadays might be a little bit cleaner but like a I guess a island in the Philippines like Boracay or something maybe that yeah I I just think there's so many more people now too I, I miss like just being able to walk down the street, not feeling just the onslaught of people. Like I, I didn't grow up in, in a huge city like Ottawa, but even Toronto back when we were growing up, wasn't that big. I mean, but the world population was still under what, 6 billion. And now it's like 7.5 or something, which is getting kind of crazy. It was, um, you're right though. It does. It does feel like the world is more crowded. Yeah. It's way more crowded yeah. for sure. Housing man, housing is crazy. Um, I mean, I guess it's always been crazy in Bermuda and Bahamas, but like we're starting to feel it up here up north where it's like minus 40 some weeks, right? Which is really funny that people want to like buy up all the houses. It, it's nuts, man. Um, you, you look up, I mean, Toronto is a perfect example. Vancouver as well, where Dan's at. It's, it's a good example of just tons of people, man. <laughs> I, I actually remember when I first came to Toronto, not for, wasn't the first time I've been to Toronto, but when I first was going to Toronto regularly for school, obviously, um, well, I was 2002. And I remember seeing Toronto progress from 2002 until I left there in 2008. That's a six year time frame. Unreal how much Toronto grew in that six years. And since then, even, even more so. Yeah. I mean, I look at Toronto and I'm not even somebody who's lived in Toronto their whole life. And I look at Toronto and I'm like, man, I wish Toronto could go back to the way it was. Like, yeah. I'm like, man, Toronto's got a lot of buildings now. Like, it's for real. <laughs> Dude, I just, I just came back actually before the podcast. We just went walking in an old neighborhood in Ottawa here that I used to live in just three years ago, right? And I hadn't been back because it's on the other side of the city. And the other side of the city, it's like 20 minutes away. I just never go there. Went back there just to like drive around and like walk around. Completely different. Condo buildings everywhere. Like, it, it, was mind-blowing and I just remember and everything's gentrifying too like it used to be there you know be a couple triplexes a couple like pretty sketchy area everything is just like pristine right and I don't know there's almost like that sterility to the neighborhood it's just yeah okay it's nice it's beautiful but 
I don't know. I like, I he used to know the spots. He used to know like, Oh, that spot there used to make great tacos. That used lost, to be- it lost that character. It lost that character. They just can't keep up right yeah. when the rent's going up and it sucks. No, no, so, I know exactly what you mean. I feel that way. I mean, Bermuda's interesting in that sense is that we're, we're quite a wealthy Island, um, but we've been sort of stuck in the town for a long time. But over the last 10, 15 years, you've really started to start to see places change and, and, you know, real push toward modernizing buildings and things like that. And it's, it's not, it's not the prettiest sight to look around because you're right. Sterile is the exact word. That's, that's the perfect word to use. It seems very sterile now. There's so many places that seem so sterile and you're just like, man, where'd, where'd the character go? Like, yeah, it, it's all the same stuff. And, and, and the reason it all looks the same is because it's cheaper to make five buildings that all use the same materials. Yeah. Um, but interesting about Bermuda is uh, you guys do have, like your government does a decent job and well, you can either agree with it or disagree with it. And I can see both sides, but they do a, a decent job in making sure the population doesn't just go nuts in Bermuda, right? Um, and they control how many people are citizens and not. Do you think that has helped or you think it's helped keep Bermuda locked into something that's more familiar throughout the years or is it just continuing its growth regardless? Yeah, no, I, I think it's definitely helped helped keep the feel of Bermuda very Bermudian. There's been a big call over the last five, six years to, to open up the island more, to allow more foreign investment and things like that. Um, it's not something I necessarily agree with. Um, but it's, it's almost inevitable now, Yeah, which kind of sucks. Yeah. And there's not much that any of us can do about it. Um, so you just kind of have to vent on podcasts about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of all you can do is just in your in your private groups of friends just be like man i hate this but there's not much i can do <laughs>